excellent, excellent, excellent. Are we going to tell a joke to bring it in to make us laugh? Yeah, so you guys came in last night and was going, ah. Oh. <laughs> 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 You've done it again. It sounds like gagging. What? On what? <laughs> I don't know. Let's not, let's not even go there. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to the Paranormal Guide podcast. Once again, your host, Ashley Hall, and I'm joined by... Spills. And Brett. And Brett. And once again, another hour or so of paranormal discussion. We've dug up a few news articles and we're going to discuss what, what these news articles can mean and our own opinions on them. Now, before we get into things, normally I would ask, what have we been doing since we were last together? It's only been about a week. Myself and Brett have been doing nothing. We're, well, we've been a shut-in. Continuously, I haven't been doing much either. Well, no, you went, you went and had a went off to a rave or a party, winter solstice, oh, wasn't it? Winter yeah, fest. Well, right? well, how, how did that go? Did you because you were like lined up for a pretty good act and perfect time slot, set time, the whole lot, fantastic. You were prepared. So packed the car, couple of mates, loaded it up to the hill, jumped in, left last Thursday. Got to just the other side of Talem Bend, which is about an hour and a bit out of Adelaide. Got a phone call to say the event had been cancelled due what to rain. F- what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so it got flooded out. So but you're t- actually on. The, so you're packed, ready to go. You paid your money. You're taking time off work. Yeah, I have. You're banned. You're in your car. You're on your way to Victoria. Victoria. Yep. Ten hour drive for people that don't realise about where you were heading to, and boom, hour and a half in. Hour and a half in, it's been postponed for two to three weeks. Good news is it's only getting two to three weeks. Bad news is... It's not the winter solstice. Well, I guess, look, <laughs> the mates I had with me are like, oh, let's just go to Melbourne anyway. I was like, fuck that. Turn around and came home. Just came back. So, you know what? I knew people that have just gone, they've got some mates together and said, so let's go to Melbourne and get pizza. And so they did. Well, what do you mean? Like... They we want like what they had a specific pizza place, or they just want oh we just want a random pizza. I think they wanted random pizza, but there is a specific pizza place that does make the trip worthwhile. Okay, okay really, hmm? an yeah. eight-hour drive for pizza. Yeah, Topolino's, Fitzroy yeah. Street, St Kilda. That's a pretty big shout out for what Topolino's. Fuck yeah, do they good. still exist? Yeah, yeah, nice. Can they send us some free pizzas for our next podcast? I know, but I'll just say, look, if you guys happen to go on a Topolino's and mention that you heard about them on the Paranormal Guide, you'll probably get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a paid endorsement or anything like that. Just a random story from Brett. And by the way, it didn't rain over in Melbourne. It wasn't raining at all when I was hardly at all. Uh-huh. Well, it's Melbourne like... I don't know if it's still true, if it was like a meme or whatever from back in the day, but they say that Melbourne weather's pretty wet anyway. Is that, like is four that actually... seasons in one day, but it's not so much like that anymore, I wouldn't think. Melbourne's awesome. I want to move to Melbourne. You want to move to Melbourne? I have so many friends that are moving to Melbourne. I'm going to be, great. I'm going to be left alone here in Adelaide. You're not going anywhere, are you, Brett? Nope. Excellent. Me and Brett will just be representing... I'm not Adelaide. saying I'm moving to Melbourne. I say, I'm say i saying I want to move to Melbourne. But what's, the, what's the big draw? Um, no. No, I guess it's more... <laughs> More things to do than Adelaide. More things to see. <laughs> do what I say to people that say that. You just you just haven't looked deep enough into Adelaide. It's, it's Adelaide. It's, no, it's you not know what? Adelaide. It's I, Radelaide. They don't call it Radelaide I for did no live reason. in Melbourne for six months. I actually lived on a street at St Kilda, which was really cool. I also lived in a, in a service department that I didn't have to pay for for a few months, which was awesome. Best story I had, though. The problem is... People in Melbourne have to travel a hell of a lot to get to, to to and from work. I knew a guy that 
you know, he traveled, you know, fair way in, fair way out. But one, one night he uh, had taken home one of the data, data projectors from work just so he could watch some, uh, some dirty movies at home on a big screen. Adult entertainment, <laughs> we could call it that. So he set it up and thought, what better place to project it than onto my front curtain? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't occur to him. It was only when one of his mates called up and said, I said, dude, what are you doing? And he just goes, nothing. <laughs> he said, well, I drove past your house and all anyone driving past can see was some chick getting banged. <laughs> oh my God. And that's where this dude's out coming for him, I guess. Is that why you're going to Melbourne for free cinema spills? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, last show, we, we started a new competition. How many, how many Mentos this week? Now, there was a couple of entries, but the number one question that people were asking was, what flavour were they? Were they fruit or tutti-frutti or whatever people were saying, or were they mint? That, that seems to be, so I did say it was mint, but they we have mint. confirmation from the source. They were mint. It is mint. Mm-hmm. Um, how are your guts after this? Because mm-hmm. they can give you the, the galloping trot, so no speak, you're fine. No problems. <laughs> At least it'd come out minty fresh. So, we've had a couple of, uh, couple of guesses. <laughs> And I think one come, person got it right. They got it on the money, which means they actually get sent out a Mentos. Funnily <laughs> enough, we said that. We said, hey, if you get it on the money, you'll get a Mentos sent out to you. But I guess... Who's covering here, the postage? Here it is right now. That's one less Mentos for me to eat, though. That is one less Mentos. And, unless they send it back in when they're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. The fresh maker. The fresh maker. So what was the number? What was the final tally? So in the last episode, over that one hour of recording, how many did you eat? Four, zero, 40. 40 bloody Xantos. And Tammy, Tammy O, I won't say last name for anonymity purposes, but Tammy, you, you guessed correctly on the dot. Sometime soon, hopefully, unless we forget, which we might do. Well, so remind eaters. us. You'll be, we'll be sent out one Mentos. Mint-flavoured mint. Like surely we could put together and buy her a bag of Mentos rather than one Mentos. No, one. It's that was said. the deal. Yeah. It was one. It's already. It's, already, it's probably going to cost fucking eight bucks to send it. As it is. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I hope you appreciate it. And we'll do it again. Look, Swills loves to eat the Mentos each episode. If you guys just want to, you know, have put a, a comment about the episode, some of the discussions we've been making. And at the end, just have a guess on the Mentos. And if you get it right, we'll send it in. But the only way for that to be eligible is if you comment on the podcast where it is posted on the panelguard.com slash podcast. I cannot be bothered chasing down all the groups and posts wherever it is for people's entry. So you've got to do it at that website. And with that, into the show. <clears throat> I put my look. I just can't be stuffed. I just can't be stuffed chasing all this down. So, panelguard.com slash podcast. On with the show, guys. First article up for discussion tonight, guys. Now, for probably last week or two, for those of you that have been on Facebook or probably anywhere and have an interest in the panel, you've probably come across a, a ghost photo that had been doing the rounds. And, and basically, from what I understand, some young gentleman was at his work at the hospital and he had taken a photo of the hospital um, corridor to prove that that's where he was. Now, I've done a bit of other research, reading other comments. Apparently, also keeping his girlfriend happy for whatever reasons. Anyway, so he's taking a photo of this corridor and he's uploaded it to Snapchat and it's there that someone has noticed this translucent figure of a woman. And of course, when you've got something like that happening... 
it just ends up everywhere. It just takes one news site or one big uh, paranormal group to notice this and it will just end out everywhere. It will be shared throughout throughout the world. And there's been newspaper articles on this. Well, not newspaper, but news media articles about it, etc. Did you guys have a chance to see the photo while it was doing that circulation? Now, what, what before we get to what it very well probably was in the end. What was your initial thoughts when you saw that? Because you've, you've obviously been researching paranormal for quite a long time. You've seen ghost photos. You've probably seen it posted everywhere. You've critiqued them, no doubt. What, what did you think on this one on first look? First look, <clears throat> I personally didn't believe it was real. And that's based on 99.99% of the other time an article comes out with some form of image... Um, alleging that it's a ghost, it turns out that it isn't real. Yeah. So, um, but I guess in this instance, I was proven wrong. Now, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Brett, you didn't get uh, the opportunity to see this. What was in circulation? I, I did glimpse it <clears throat> somewhere, uh, but immediately just discounted it. Didn't didn't <clears throat> care for it. And, yeah. Uh, just put it in the uh, trash bin along with most people's photos. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, myself, I didn't actually see it originally. It, it actually came to me via inbox. So on one of my pages, I got inboxed by three, four, five different people saying, have you seen this? <clears throat> Do you want to share this? Blah, blah, blah. It's this creepy photo. What's your opinion, etc." So of course I've looked at it. I've opened it up and straight away, when you see a photo that looks like that, where you've got this floating, full-bodied apparition, the tra- you know, it's semi-transparent, it's floating through the corridors. It's supported with all these wacky stories about, you know, ghosts this hospital that have come out at the time. Of course I'm straight away thinking, you know, this this probably could be true. I've seen a lot of apps, um, iPhone apps, Android apps out there that can allow you to, to just overlay a ghostly image over a photo. And I thought that's probably what it is. The very first thing I did was I went to Google, just google.com, and I just um, typed in ghost app photo hit enter, then hit images. So I brought up the images. Yep. And very soon, looking through those images, I found something that looked very, very, very similar. To me, it's almost identical. It's almost identical. <coughs> so I basically, I didn't buy the app. This was uh, called Snap Ghost, this app. I just grabbed their, their, one of their promo images, the, the image that looked similar to the ghost in question. I trimmed it and I put it up next to the photo and posted it online. And... and Put in the instructions, um, not the instructions, the details of what I did, how I got it. I said, this is an app, this is fake, I'm thinking I'm debunking this, what do you think? And that's where things got really, really interesting. So there were a couple of people <clears throat> that said, not fake, it's fake, it's fake. And I thought I'd stir it up a bit and say, I thought it was real. Pretty much two minutes, three minutes after I posted that, there was a <clears throat> whole series of comments supporting me that it was real. That it was real. And, but that's, that's really interesting that... It just all it took was some someone <clears throat> to, to step stand, in, yeah. stand up and say it's real, and then everyone else felt that was enough validation so they could jump in and say it's real as well. And all it really is is a bit of uh, X Files syndrome. They, I'm they want to believe it's fake as shit. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah definitely. <clears throat> to me, I, I think it's the. You know, I don't sure. think that there's any point in discussing whether it's real or fake. I think that it's. <laughs> I mean. If, if you've got an IQ above moron, you're going to understand that that's BS. What's, but it is interesting how people do want to believe 
and they look for that bit of validation. And that's what I think is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. It didn't happen until you tipped that scale. What's also, also interesting is, and Ash will, Ash will tell you about when you posted the picture, Ash. Yeah. People weren't... <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so what happened? I posted. I posted the image up, and then there, like, there was these um, comments coming up saying, "This is obviously a fake. Why are you posting a fake photo?" Admin. They obviously didn't realize I was the admin. Admin. Why are you lying? Fake photos in this group. This is obviously an app. Now, this was comments on my on the photo I posted in there with details and what I did. That's a comparison. That I think I'm debunking it. This is the app that I think it is. Here's the side by side, and it's not like they were two separate images. It was the same image with the app image yeah. overlaid on it. It's yeah. like right next to it. It's within centimetres. So I thought that was really strange. I was like, didn't you read the text? Okay, sometimes maybe people get lazy. But how did they miss the fact that I've got a direct comparison there? So what I did was I inboxed some of these people that were posting these weird comments and I just wanted to see, you know, what's going on there. So I, I inboxed them and said, did you not see that, there, that this is a comparison? What didn't you understand? And out of three or four people I um, sent that to about two to three of them got back to me I don't even know what I'm saying about exactly three got back to me (laughs) and they said oh no no they hadn't actually they physically had filtered out somehow that comparison image that's very interesting and I'm just wondering what what is that what what exactly is that how come it's right there you've seen you guys have seen that comparison it's very much there it's a colour photo it's a black and white image overlaid on top of it next to it that shows the ghost how did they not see that how did they not see it you know what the the way I would explain that would be that they're, they're so used to seeing other images that have a blown up <clears throat> portion to zoom in and they're looking straight past the blown up <clears throat> portion to, to look at the actual image itself. So I think that perhaps it's just some uh, prior subconscious training from other photos they've looked at. Mm. That would be the only way I would explain yeah. that. Because I've had things similar, so I obviously put up a lot of articles and sometimes people won't read the article and they'll comment on something just based on the blurb of the article and then you'll be like, well, if you read the article, you'd see that's what it says. That's people just being lazy and not reading and just wanting to jump on the fucking bandwagon being heard being part of the internet shouting match. But this, it just baffled me that they were not able to actually... See. And, I, and that's only those couple of people that got back to me. I don't know what percentage of the hundred or so comments on that that didn't actually physically it's clear, see though. that. It's, yeah. it's right there, it's which is right very there. interesting. Um, it's, I just thought that was really strange. And the first thing I thought, you see that and you, you've already got an opinion because you've seen it around the internet already so much. You've already had it in your news feed 80 times from every other you know, Facebook group out there that wants to get a couple of shares on the image or whatever um, and putting out things that they know are obviously fake. What colour was their dress? Black or blue or gold and white? Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. You'll see what they want to see. But, but yeah, it was just interesting. It's like they had already had their opinion there. So when it came up, they just... It's like their brain had just instantly scanned it for a second. They didn't look at all the details. They just got that picture at like... Unlocked, it was like, I've recognised this image. I'm not looking at the details. I'm going to comment on it because I've got that. But is it a preformed opinion or is it, that they, again, that they have just been trained or trained themselves to miss part of that information? And then, mm. you know, you look at, you know, I, I know people that they could they can walk past, they could walk past a gorilla on the street and they would not notice. Yeah. 
they would not notice. And so people people filter information very differently from one another, especially well visual information. So I think it's not necessarily that they've seen it around and just ignored because they've already seen it. I think it might just be the way that people were filtering that information to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. It is a weird one. Maybe it's like when I go to the supermarket and they change the packaging on my favourite brand of tomato sauce or whatever. I'm standing out looking right at it and I don't recognise it because <laughs> it's slightly different colour or the nozzle's green instead of red or something now. And I, and I just automatically miss it. What is your favourite brand of tomato sauce? I like Rosella. Really? Yeah, Rosella's one of my favourite brands. That's why I like ketchup for me. Excellent. So, <laughs> why not? Well, but yeah, but, but yeah, I just we, we of, take we take on the big issues. We here, do tomato sauce. Throw your hat in the ring, Brett. Your favourite tomato sauce. I'm gonna join Spill yeah, with fuck this. You. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like, yep, yeah, show's over, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so so it was really interesting that that, but and it, and like I said. It didn't get around very much. You put a post up with a ghost image, it'll thousands of shares. You put up a post debunking that same image next to nothing. I think it was sixty shares or something all up on that. But yeah, it's just interesting. I just, is there a bias involved or is it automatic filtering, whatever? Or both. Or both. Alright. What do you guys think about? Um that's another conversation about this is app photos and them being submitted as real ghost photos. Etc. What's obviously a stance on that is it's terrible because it makes it hard for some people that can't tell the difference of filter between the bullshit or not. But are people that gullible though that they believe, or I won't say that gullible, but do people want to believe that much that they would believe anything? Yes, absolutely. They do. That's if if they didn't, there would be no religion. I, I, I agree with that, and um, I guess that's a topic for another day, um, but completely agree, <clears throat> completely agree. Because a lot of people, you put that out, there was rage, not rage that was fake, but just rage that was allowed to exist in the first place, yeah. to be seen, and obviously some people use it for some fun, and I, I don't know the full story behind the scenes where he did it, trying to freak his girlfriend out, or what? And someone else happened to see it. Because Snapchat, if you put it as like one of your daily images or whatever, that goes to everyone on your friends list, not yep. just to the person oh, okay. you put. So it could just go out from there. You know what? Pe- people, they do have an inherent need to believe in the afterlife. And you'll see that back through the ages. You'll be able to see that through any of the different religions. And the problem is that now there is an interest in the paranormal and debunking. <clears throat> people are, they're, they're harder to fool. You know, okay, in some ways, they're, they're, they are. You know what? They are harder to fall. They, they'll see an image like that, and they know that it is bullshit. They know we that. don't fall for the cheesecloth images yeah. anymore. And so it, it upsets them. They they want to see something that's going mm. to be able to keep them convinced and keep them interested, keep them believing. Right, but again, it's clutching at straws. It's 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 almost like any little thing that could possibly be paranormal. We'll just take that and and. And blow it out of proportion so we can still hold on to that belief. Yeah, and then if it's something that comes out that's just so obviously fake, they'll get up, they can be upset about it because they, they're waiting for the next bit of proof to validate the beliefs they want to hold. And if something fails to meet that because they're being forced to have an increased 
uh, level of validation, it's hard for them. Look, it's interesting you say that, and I think I read a couple of comments um, after you posted the, the image, Ash, <clears throat> yeah. where people were becoming quite, um, I guess, defensive to the point where how could you allow that sort of image up there, <laughs> even though you posted <clears throat> that and you were clear you know, with really? the description. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, people definitely. don't realise that I'm the admin, so they're just like, well, how can the admin allow this? type of stuff yeah and and you know almost saying that it discredits the it discredits the the field itself because and look i I think people are getting smarter now that they know the difference between bullshit and and legit but i I, just i was taken aback in this instance because you were clear about that yeah but it was just completely disregarded that's skipping past the uh the words because they're a little bit harder to digest and just look at the look at the pretty pictures on the site. That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. possibly. But even if they saw the image, they should have seen the comparison. Yeah. <laughs> in the image itself. <laughs> and I mean if they so, looked closely into the image they actually would have seen that Slender Man's in it. I saw you post that. <laughs> so Spills has gone into the image as an exit sign or something there with the little man and you what what do you do? You've I just zoomed in and posted that Slender Man. What's Slender Man? <laughs> it's whatever you want it to yeah. be. So yeah, guys, I guess um, if you want to come on the, the podcast uh, in the in the comments, tell us what you thought about that image. Um, obviously, there'll be a link. There'll be a link to to the image I put together, um, trying to debunk it, whether you agree with that or not, and just what you think about um, app photos. That'd be fantastic. Next story, guys. What do you think about the sale of haunted objects and things that are allegedly will have magical properties and spells and stuff over things such as eBay and Etsy? What do you think about that? Haunted dolls, selling spells, um, selling amulets and saying, you know, this will protect you from things, stuff like that. What do, what do you think about that? I think a vast majority of it, you know, people just... Scamming, you know, you can charge five times the value of an item by saying that it's been charged with this, charged with that. Um, as far as haunted items, if there is something of historical value, I'd find that interesting. I would find it really interesting, you know, if uh, something from a real famous haunting case, you know, came available. But from the historical aspect, do I think it would really be haunted? Probably not. But as far as people on eBay, I think most of the time it is a sham. I've come across people not just selling haunted things, but offering services where they will, uh, inf- you know, essentially uh, infuse the essence of a, a demon or a gin in into a ring, and then you'll see these great publicity <clears throat> videos where they've actually they'll rub the ring, and you'll see this. Almost like a little smoke coming up from that, and that's what they're they're saying that there is some demon in that, and obviously they've just got hold of some chemical or something that when they rub it gives off a little vapor. So it, there there are some really good scammers out there. Yeah, what do you think, that, Just this discussion now is gets me onto last week's topic where I guess you were discussing that or we were discussing about how. People have a responsibility if they're taking someone to a location. You know, so if there's someone that's genuinely naive, gullible, or, or truly believes that the item they are buying 
has these magical properties or is haunted or... And then, you know, small things start to happen, whether it be coincidence or, or whatever. Um, and then the impact on that person is far greater than, than what they initially thought. What sort of responsibility then does the seller hold? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because really they've created... Look, and, and I guess even though the buyer purchased it, um, the seller would still have some form of responsibility there, really. Unless if you look at their listing and they say this... You know, we, we, we have to say this is for entertainment purposes, which I think you'd find on every Ouija board sold, you know, that it's for entertainment purposes. So that way the seller isn't going to be Why responsible. Doesn't? Did you know that? Sorry? My board doesn't. You've got an older one though, don't you? I do. How old's yours? 50s? 70s. 70s. 72. So obviously that's prior to the Exorcist coming out, so it's not a big okay. problem with Ouija boards at that stage. They, they hadn't been fully tainted. But yeah, I think what I want to say, so obviously there is the whole, there's sellers responsible and the buyer obviously has to use their own critical thinking to and believe that what they're getting is what they're paying for. But there are some sites uh, that I think are either have stopped people from selling certain items or are trying to or, or are changing their terms and conditions to make sale of such items basically against their terms and conditions. So, you know, you're not allowed to sell spells. Because I've, I've been on eBay. Have you ever done that? Go on eBay or I don't know if you can anymore, but you used to be able to, you just type in spells, but people be selling love spells, blah, blah, and you might pay 50 bucks. Yeah, okay. You're getting absolutely nothing physical. It's just the other person's word that, I'm going to perform a spell and this is the outcome you're going to receive. Should eBay and places like Etsy and stuff be sticking their nose into that business? I think they would have to hold some responsibility as well. Um, And let's face it, there's a lot of scams happening out there these days. Um, They have a responsibility as a facilitator of, if you want to call them that, what would you call it? A website hosting the sale, the selling of, of things. You know, they, they have some form of responsibility there as well. But you so know what? You could you, sh- you could tie this back just to the uh, standard, you know, uh, any of the government acts regarding sales that are available. You know, now what if someone? What if it's a tarot card reading? Because you could tie that in and say, well, it's a spell or you know, but tarot card reading is it real? Is it not? Should that therefore be? banned off those sites too or because that's a legitimate service that people still offer whether it's real or not it's a it's a it's a gray line i think if it's a service where you're receiving whether it's receiving a report a detailed report or some will video the supposed spell or something like that well then look you're you're aware of what you're getting but if it's a blatant you know yeah i've performed this spell for you and you know, you, you receive an email, I'll perform this spell for you, and you will receive, I don't know, $50,000 in the next two weeks. But is this in the same ethical realms and moral realms as, say, if I went on eBay right now and said, just put up a leaf saying, if you ate this, it will cure your cancer? Are we in the same ethical and no, moral realms? It's a very different area. You know, when you make a. Because obviously you can't do that on eBay. Yeah. When, <laughs> so when, you, when you make a claim. You know that this will do X, Y, and Z. You need to be able to back that up. This is haunted. This is haunted. That 
is a little bit harder, but it, it, it's different when you're playing with someone's life, for example. I'd go to yeah. consumer affairs and sue them for <laughs> false advertising. What, the cancer cure? No, no. Oh, the haunted... <laughs> <Yeah>. the haunted. <laughs> so, suppose spill, you're sending back all those haunted beanie babies? <laughs> yeah. God, what is the backstory of those haunted beanie babies anyway, Spills? What haunted beanie babies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. It. It's the first I've heard of it. Beanie babies. I don't beanie know. babies. He came up. They're those little bloody... Those little, little beanbag bean bean bag bear things. Really? They're worth millions to some people. Really? Some of them and, maybe, and maybe more if they're haunted. My collection might be worth a bit these days. <laughs> <laughs> But, well, have you guys ever patched anything proclaiming to be haunted, supernatural, to have powers, a spell, or anything like that from well, any, anywhere online, I no. guess? See, I, I personally wouldn't purchase anything like that. I think that there, if someone is really having the need to buy something, and they, that means there's a real need in their life for whatever change it is they want, they would be much better off to, well, worst case... Do the spell themselves. It's going to do a, do a hell of a lot more for them. Or try to change their life circumstances specifically, you know. make If you're looking for a job, don't pay someone on eBay to do a spell to get you a job, but then don't send any freaking resumes out for anything. It's not going to fall in your lap. Fair enough. So part of the magic. So, you. But, yeah. but back to but back to the discussion, though. So, so it's fine. If... It's up to the... It's buyer beware. I think, you know what, if you're stupid enough to... A fool and his money are parted easily. Yeah, buyer beware. I personally think they shouldn't do it. I don't mean they should, but... You can take that into... for buying... Real tangible things. And and those sorts of things, you know. And, And if they're going to eBay looking for spells... And look different if you're buying a spell book... But if, yeah, you're, yeah, if yeah. you're going to eBay to purchase a service... Um, you need to be able to have of verification it. of the service, doesn't? but if you know, the service is bullshit, then it's yeah. Yeah, buyer beware. Buyer beware. Alrighty. Easy done. Guys. Yes. In your time investigating the paranormal, have you ever approached a location... To ask if you could investigate the claims of the paranormal taking place within. Have you ever done that yourself? Gone up to ask permission? I personally can't think of any. Um, actually, one. There was an article in the local news oh, a few years ago now where a local supermarket... Of the IGA? Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, uh, product was being thrown off shelves. And uh, I gave them a call and... And their response was, no, sorry, someone else is already investigating that. I made the exact same phone call, but the exact same response. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So now, now I feel left out. You so, know. Oh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> uh, I, I've never called somewhere. I've always just relied on someone else to do it because I'm too lazy, to be honest. Yeah, so you've been part of teams. Been part so of teams. and might be someone else's job. Yeah, yeah, it's always been something other people have followed up on. But see, I've been lucky enough to be to investigate some pretty solid places. So from the from the start, so that was where uh, well, I kicked my 
apprenticeship off in the Adelaide jail. Well, you did. So. Well, you guys both did pretty well, having probably one of the most sought-after locations at your fingertip through the team you're working through. As for myself, I have asked lots of locations, and I would probably say when I, when I first kind of started getting into um, approaching places to ask to investigate, which would have been eight years ago-ish, a lot of places were saying would say no, and I think that was more out of the fact that they didn't know what was going to happen. But then as the shows got more and more popular, more and more locations began opening their doors. It's usually with a charge. They realise they can make some money here in South Australia. Luckily, places are usually still pretty pretty decent with plate um, with charges. But over in other places around the world, it could be thousands of dollars to yeah. book a place out. But I've been recently finding a trend, and there's been lots of news website articles, there's lots of teams saying that it's now getting harder and harder to get into locations. And not because of our example, which was we've called up and someone else was already investigating, but because places are now, once again, starting to say no. No matter, you could throw money at them, a lot of places are not interested in it anymore, whereas a couple of years ago, they might have been interested. What do you think is actually going on in the... I hate the term field, but I'm just going to say field. The world of the paranormal. That hey, Have you guys seen this happening and be what could be well, causing it? I haven't seen it hap- happening specifically, but I'm not surprised. And I think that you know, if we use the term field, we can just look at how the field was viewed a number of years ago compared to how it is viewed now. A number of years ago, as the ghost hunting shows were starting to come out, the field was viewed with intrigue that may, may be that, you know, yeah, you could get a bit of money from it, but hey, if something's happening, you want an expert to come in. But then now people have started questioning, well, hang on, who are these experts all dressed in black and, and uh, <coughs> the, you know, all these funny little bits of equipment and uh, things that they do? Who are they? And they've realised that there's a, you know, with so many people, they realise there's a lot of yahoos in that field. Yeah, you know? and, and so, therefore, it's better to distance yourself. You know, why would you want, especially your business premises in particular, associated with some yahoo paranormal group who then, you know, see a, a, a breeze of wind, you know, a, blow a chip packet across the floor and put it out there as evidence of the paranormal. What when, flavour chips, bro? What flavour chicken? Because uh, it will be asked. What flavour? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Uh, but, you know, but that's what it comes down to. You know, people were, for a period, I think that for a period of time, people were curious and were letting people come in thinking that there was a body of knowledge out there. But now people realise there's not a body of knowledge, there's a body of idiots. <laughs> I agree with you, Brett. And I think all it takes is one of these owners to have one bad experience with a, a team. Um, and then, unfortunately, that puts it puts it out for the, the other teams out there. But even if you haven't so, had a bad experience, right now, what is the view of most teams? Do you think of you know, years ago, <clears throat> when I first started in this field... A paranormal team was something you would think of as usually they were going to be older people. They were going to be people that had all sorts of scientific instruments and took things very seriously. It was something that is dramatically different from now a group of (coughs) wannabe ghost hunters. Yeah, just whatever you want to call them. You know, it was so very, very different the perception yeah. of what, what a team yeah, was. Right. And right now, a perception is a team of people dressed in black going around 
believing you know every, every orb they have in their photo or whatever so it's uh, the perception of what teams were compared to the perception of what teams are now yeah yeah i think back in the early, and teams are huge now as well there's like in the early days i don't know what your experiences were but all the teams i knew back five plus years ago or maybe a little bit longer than that Teams of three or four people, and that's probably reflect your in PFI, etc. For me, in the various teams I've been in, four or five people most these days. People, when they book an investigation, they take their team in, which might be 20 20 people strong, and that's a lot more uncomfortable for an owner, I think. But I think it's also what you guys are saying it's the perception, it's also the media, I guess. Like say it's a curiosity when people didn't know what was going on. Then the shows come out. These people might not necessarily have seen the show, but they're getting a lot more people wanting to access the location. They're saying yes, but then they're seeing what's actually happening as things are now starting to come out in the news and the mainstream media, what is actually happening on these investigations. And there's a lot of vandalism going on. There's, oh, a, there's a lot of damage happening to properties and people don't want to risk that. Well, you know, even the, uh, da- the, the damage in that aside... It, it's not going to be beneficial for most businesses to be associated with majority of teams. How many teams out there in any way could consider themselves even semi-professional? Not questioning whether they can consider themselves in their own opinion, but hardly any of them have any level of um, professionalism. They're just groups of... I'm not saying that there's something wrong with group, groups of friends getting together and going out and having an experience, but... A business doesn't want to be associated with that, and they yeah. shouldn't be. It's the wrong thing, and it's not. A, and they're not part of a field. They're part of a group of friends. That's, you know, yeah, I have a harsh opinion on that, but I think if we don't have the harsh opinion, we're going to have more and more people out there that are making it harder for the people that do want to take things seriously. Mm. So it might even just be the approach. As back in the day, people were more sensitive, more professional. They might write up a proposal to give to a business and outline what they're doing, whereas now people are rocking up in their hooded jumpers saying, hey, do you mind we kick here for a night and check if you've got any ghosts? That's not going <laughs> to open any doors for you. <laughs> you. If you want to look back and you look, I think it was the, correct me if I'm wrong, Ash, the Institute for Psychical Research out of the UK. Was it, that, it, was it's that something like that. Some of the letters might be the other way around, but those are all the words. Yeah. <laughs> so. they, are the, they are the words. Now, you look at the the way that they would do things, the, the approach that they would take, the type of people that they were. Now, whilst out the instruments we have now may be 10 times better and we can say that what we do and what any group does is gets better information, they had standards for what they did. They had standards for an investigation. They had standards of how they would collect data, even if it was primitive compared to what we have now. They had standards on how they would report information back, how they, how they would record it, what they'd give back to the anyone involved, and how they would document things for the future. Those standards don't exist now. People who are investigating out there, t- taking some photos with their iPhone. People are investigating with a, a cassette recorder or, you know, yeah, any type of digital recorder at all, and considering it an investigation. So when you've gone from something that, that whilst they weren't considered, you know, perhaps sign, they weren't considered scientific, but they had some standards to their approach, as there are more and more people involved, there's been a decrease and complete drop-off in standards. I tend to agree completely. 
Um, yeah, I think. Sorry, I'm just finishing a Mentos. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know. I, I agree, Brett, and I've also noticed. In the early days, uh, the people that were involved in the field were very serious about it, you know, and, and what you find these days, a lot of the teams that come together, there's still that thrill-seeker element to that team. Well, they, they've been formed, they were a group of friends, they went out to thrill-seek at a location, they experienced something and then all of a sudden they're a team, you know, and, and you know, that comes back to that professionalism, you know, it comes back to the standards <clears throat> Um, it comes back to it's enough. <laughs> it's enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but safe to say, locations might be a bit more sceptical about letting people come in their doors mm-hmm. to to investigate for the evening. Is there going to be a rebound? Now, I'm not saying that this is justified in any way, but as locations are saying no, at the bad apples of the of the basket, so to speak. Are they maybe looking for more creative ways to access locations? Because now we're getting a flurry of news reports of our, and the news reports say themselves, so-called ghost hunters unable to access locations through legal means are breaking and entering. I've got a story in front of me um, in Minneapolis for for, um, self-described ghost hunters are breaking into a church which has recently had a, well not recently, it's always had a haunting attached to it. But this church has been saying no to ghost hunters. They're trying to play down the haunted aspect. They give tours to people just to debunk the the ghost story. But of course, people don't want to believe that. They want to believe it's haunted. They want to go in there. They want to be the first to get the evidence. They want to be the first to get the story. So, so these guys broke and entered. They actually caused damage to a location to enter the property, this old historic church. Is that something that's going to happen more and more as... I'm not saying this is justified, absolutely not, but is that going to happen more and more as locations are saying Look, no? Like with anything, like with any unemployment increase, Ash, there's always an increase in crime. <laughs> 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 so it's, it's true, you know, and, and I think, and look, I personally think that look, there would be an increase, but it, it depends on the individual, depends on the team. You know, it depends on your own morals, your own ethics, your own values. Um, so, you know, uh, personally, if, if I couldn't get into a location um, um, legally or, or uh, with approval from the owner, then I'd probably break into. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Of course, you wouldn't. Um, my, my first thought is that there is no sympathy at all. And I think that any group caught trespassing, van- vandalising, causing damage, anything at all, the law enforcement, the legal system needs to come down on them as hard as possible because the last thing we want is people using an excuse. Oh, we, well, we were breaking in, but well, let's just say we were ghost hunting instead. But... <laughs> You know what? I, I've got. I, I have no sympathy whatsoever. There may be an increase, but this is where there's some responsibility to the people that want to consider themselves investigators or thrill seekers. Responsibility to respect the decisions of of other people. You know, if it's not their property and the owner does not want them in there, yeah, respect that. Just as you would not want that property owner yeah, breaking into your house 
standing over your bed at night, uh, again, yeah, there's no sympathy at all. You need to respect the bounds of the law. You need to respect locations if they say no. If they say no, they've got a reason for that. It's not your position to um, go and circumvent that. You know, you can present to them. Uh, you know what? You know what would be what would be smarter, right? If they say no, present to them a proposal. Pre- present to them a proposal that alleviates their fears. Find out what their fears are. Why is it you don't want people coming in here? You're scared that if everyone <coughs> finds out that it's there's some haunting activity that you're going to be inundated with other groups. Okay, well maybe you can make the investigation private and agree to that in a contractual yeah, agreement. Look, we've been on investigations, yeah. Brett, where the owner has stated that they didn't want the any findings made public, which is fine. And, know, so. and, and that's a, so a mutual respect there. And, and that way you can find ways to get around things. It might be that, hey, we'll come in. The, you know, what are the boundaries? What, what can we do? What can't we do? Try to understand the reasons that they are saying no. Find out if there are ways that you can alleviate those fears and come to an agreement. If they still say no, respect it, move on. Yeah, move on, definitely. And that's breaking and entering the property. What about cemetery? So I don't know if there's a, a legal thing saying you can't be in a cemetery at night, but there's almost an unspoken rule. Being in a cemetery after night, there's no reason to be there. If you're going to be in there after dark, you're probably up to no good. I've been in a lot of cemeteries after dark doing the work that I did back in the early days. Is that considered trespassing? And if it is considered trespassing... What should penalties be for something like that? Like, I don't know if you guys want to, if you honestly want to answer this question, but have you guys been in a place you're not supposed to? I'm not talking about bringing in and say, I've been all sorts, but you know, old farmers' fields and in ruins, jumping fences, going into old ruins, not breaking anything. They're just there. So I'm entering. I'm not breaking. I'm still trespassing. But what, what about the penalties for stuff like that? And what's the moral and ethics stance on that? You know what? I think it comes down to uh, responsibility to the responsible if if you make the decision to go in on that property you know that you shouldn't be there mm-hmm. you don't cause any damage then you know okay that's fine but if you are caught trespassing you're caught trespassing there's right. no fucking question it's you take the consequences you put your hand over a fire you may get burnt um and so i think that you know i certainly wouldn't encourage people to be doing those no. things and I, you know, I understand a lot of people will do that. And as you've said, you have, you know, I Cemeteries have. after night, after dark, um, common. And <laughs> but. It, but it comes down to, you know, if, if you take a risk, be prepared for the consequences, as Spills just said. Uh, it is really that simple. Yeah. So have you guys have been approached by the cops, being in a place you shouldn't be while Actually, investigating? yeah. I have been. <laughs> but, I have as well. I was with the Ash. Oh, you were with me? Yeah. <laughs> I was in a place many year, many years ago before there were any of the ghost hunting shows. It was a place that was supposedly haunted and probably, probably you know, supposedly still is. I don't believe it's ever been investigated. Is this an old hospital, old historic building down near the beach? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See how I guess that? <laughs> yeah. Whether you want That's to put that in or say. not. Oh, well, I could say that. No one knows. Um, but uh, we... A group of friends and myself, we went down there and, you know, have a walk around and, you know, being all abandoned, it was very creepy, what you would expect from a a haunted house. And uh, we found the front door. It was always 
very you know very heavily locked but the front door was just sitting open hmm. so we thought well, well you know maybe we should go inside and have a look and there were a couple of guys nearby gathering some wood and they said that yeah they were doing they're getting wood for their quote cult thing <laughs> what? end quote the cult thing what? yeah okay. who knows what they were what they were doing um but we went in and so there was a group of us we went inside for a bit had a bit of a poke around and then a few people started getting a little bit freaked out and so we went back outside and while we were outside we found we realized obviously we'd set off a silent alarm and the cops turned up mm. but we went inside the property at the time so the cops once they took our names just for you know they got to do their job we went inside um, the cops said that they had to have a bit of a look inside, make sure that everyone's out. We asked, well, can we go back in with you? They said no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, yeah, that's that's the most running that I've had. Okay. And so basically no charge. Like they didn't actually find you trespassing at the time? Or, no, you had come out. Yeah. They didn't actually know you were in the house for, for a fact? <laughs> they... They knew, but they they, they, they they didn't care. They they knew we were a bunch of you know <clears throat> bunch of kids practically that are just going in for a poke around. They they knew we weren't there to do damage. They just they just did what they had to do so they can get on with their night and other hmm. serious things. Spills. Yeah, we were at a cemetery so one. Is that the only time you've been had the call? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it is. Well, for. For that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we were at the cemetery one night and police car pulled up and charged at us. What are you guys up to? So I didn't want to admit that we were ghost hunting, so I said well, we had some weird sexual fetish happening. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys alone, you know. Did, did you really, cemetery. Did you really say that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. What do we We said we were geocaging. Well, we kind of were. Yeah, we were. Well, there was a case. Just find that if the if you had a location. Is, that, is, is make... that some like new BDSM term? Don't know what geocaching is. But yes, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> I mean, typically I find that if I'm in a cemetery, I, well, I don't think it's wrong. Other people might think it's wrong, and that's fine. I like I said I'm ethically flexible, but you know, any I've been probably I've been had the cops turn up while I've been in cemeteries two dozen times like heaps of times and I typically find I just walk straight up and when I see them rocket, I just walk straight up and tell them what I'm doing they have absolutely no problem whatsoever they know that I'm, I'm just sitting there quietly I might have one or two other people we don't even have torches on we're not disturbing anyone they really don't care they just want to make sure you're not there kicking yeah, the stones right. yeah. doing things like that which is unfortunately a lot of what happens when people go to cemeteries after that because they think that's going to anger the spirits if you've heard that that particular person buried in that particular grave you know, it's haunting this place. A lot of people, for some reason, get the head. Well, if I vandalise their eternal resting place, that this spirit's going to come up, and so they vandalise them to try and get as a as a way to provoke the spirits. And it's absolutely stupid. Yeah. So one other thing that I've found is I found a couple of articles, um, not a couple, of, a couple of stories where this has happened, where ghost hunters, and that's a term that they're used in the news, um, when they're caught in a place they shouldn't be, a lot of times their teams are being named and shamed. 
Because the police know, look, you say they're ghost hunters, no one knows who they are. There are a couple of photos. You get a slap on the wrist most of the time, you may get a fine, that doesn't matter. But if you if it gets around that your team has done something wrong and in such a bitchy field as this where anyone wants to jump in you for any tiny little thing you do wrong, the, cop, the cops and the, the, the councils know that's going to do a lot more damage than any fine yeah. or any, any you know... Um, uh, what do you call it? Working off your fines, whatever. Community what service. Community service, etc. It's going to do... It's, it's a lot more. What, what do you think of that? What do you think of naming think and shaming of teams I in think the media that are doing the I wrong thing? I think it's pretty pretty damn funny, to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, if you look at any serious team that does things in the right way, they're not at any time going to have anything to worry about. There are so many goddamn teams we could do with filtering so, out some of the shit. Hmm. I tend to agree completely. I think it's hilarious. So it's, so it's, shame. So it's almost like a natural selection. You know, see, you know this, <clears throat> the times we've been there. See, I, I don't really. I'm not into the whole investigating or, or trying to experience something in a cemetery. I yeah. just enjoy taking. These were early days stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, name and shame. Hilarious. So yeah, but a lot of the time when you're trespassing, it's not the police that's your biggest worries. I've been in cemeteries where people have pulled up and they, you know, basically in a ute, you know, three dudes with rifles, wondering what the hell I'm doing in this historic cemetery. But myself and another one of our friends, Michelle, we, we went into the these old ruins once and um, we were, after we come out there, we were driving around, we, we realised this car was following us. And they followed, and we want to make sure they were following us, so we're taking all these weird turns, they followed all these turns and came with us and they ended up basically trying to block our escape out of this one way street I sit in the car thinking fuck I'm thinking wolf fucking creeps this has <laughs> got the lights on the roof and everything I'm thinking you know I'm about to get you know drugged falling asleep and you know raped and murdered in some Again. cavern somewhere you know, not a typical Saturday night but close enough for me but yeah it, was just, it just turned out that was this one farmer wondering what we'll do on the land and he was worried that we were stealing Artifacts that were on his land, which we saw nothing of. We just we came to the conclusion he was hiding bodies. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't want us to find it. But yeah, it's not the police. You need to work. Like, obviously, you don't want to be breaking the law. But if you go into someone's house, you break in, and you don't know that someone is actually living in there because some uh, website you're reading was not up to date saying this is now a, a privately owned property. You could get in a hell of a lot of shit. And I'm not just talking the oh, law. For sure, you could be shot. You could anything could happen, and. So again, again, the risk someone takes when they go to take that type of action. Go, mm. to, go into a property or place they shouldn't. These are the bad stories, but there are good stories in that. You know, I can remember Ash and I went out one time um, to, and it was the Gemini Meteorite Shower. We wanted to get some photos. And we, I can't even remember where we were. We were out in the middle of nowhere. And there was a really good vantage point of where the meteorite shower was supposed to happen. And similar sort of thing, local farmer pulled up, what are you guys doing here? You know, sort of thing, and, and we explained why we were there. And he actually allowed us onto his property, up the hill to a really good vantage point where we'd be able to see this meteorite shower. So, I don't know how that meteorite shower go? That was well, I've got some really good photos, but yeah, it was just... Every time I had the camera pointed in one direction, meteorite would fall in a different direction. But you know what? This is, what it comes down to is what you've said there is communication. Yeah, definitely. And the same as what you've said, Ash, when police do turn up, you just go straight and talk to them and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I have nothing to hide. 
you know, here's my ID, whatever, <coughs> communicate. A lot of the times you may even get a story out from out of that location. So I've probably been there a lot of times. I might have stories about it anyway. Yeah. So communication is key. But going to a location and trespassing is not the only dangers for the... Well, not, I shouldn't say danger because you're an idiot if you're doing it and get caught. It's your fault. But there are other, other hazards in the world for the would-be ghost hunter. Just recently... Uh, shit, 17th of June 2015, I've got a, a website article about a woman. She was lured to a haunted location, an old guild hall in uh, Birmingham City Centre with under the pretense that it was haunted. One of the security guards said, look, I can get you in here, I can take you to one of the haunted locations, you can investigate. So she's singing awesome. So there's no doubt she's pumped up. I'm going to go to this location. I've got the, the inside man, so to speak. I can get in there. I can do whatever I want to do. She rocks up. The, the, the security guard takes her into the location to a secluded spot and basically sexually assaults her. What I, what I think, you know, like any, there's a risk with anything. Um, you know, whether it be, unfortunately, these days, you can walk down to the shop, the same thing could happen. You could go for a walk in the park, go for a jog, <clears throat> those sorts of things. So, you know, it's just, a, it's a risk with anything. Um, uh, unfortunately... I think it's more of a risk. I think what we're doing, basically what a lot of people are doing anyway, they're in small groups of people going to these places in the dark. They don't know who they're getting permissions from. It just so happens this poor lady trusted the wrong person. Oh, dear. But I've heard... I don't know many stories where people have been sexually assaulted on an investigation like that. But I do know of stories where people have been robbed out in cemeteries. They've been attacked out in cemeteries just for the fact that people of an unsavory nature know that people will be out there. And they're just going to be easy prey. And the equipment we take out there is extremely expensive. Like video cameras, night shot cameras. A lot of people take their laptops and tablets out there with them. They've got all sorts of stuff that can fetch an all right price. How does one, and th- that news story, as bad as it was, just a way to get into this discussion. How, how does one, if they're only in small groups of people, because that's a lot of the way we prefer to work. We can't just say, I'll take 12 people with you because that's not the best way to do this. How can one keep <coughs> themselves safe? How can one avoid situations where they could potentially get sexually assaulted in an old guild hall or being attacked and, well, you know, robbed out in a cemetery. Okay, the, the first thing is that the, the difficulty is the nature is of an investigation is you're in a secluded spot, most likely, where there's no one else around. <clears throat> if you do have uh, some level of internet connection on, or, you know, phone connection where you are, phone reception, what you can do, and it's only a level of safeguard, you know, I wouldn't rely on it, you have all of your photos, anything you take automatically synchronizing to Dropbox. So that way, uh, if anyone turns up, first thing you do is take a photo of them. And then by the time they take anything away from you, it's going to already be uploaded. So, but Do you think though, taking your photo... I know for me, I, I wouldn't go to a location and... I wouldn't do that to anyone. I, would, I wouldn't rob anyone. Yeah. But if I walked into a, a, a graveyard and someone took a photo of me, I'd be right in their face saying, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Give me a camera so I can delete that image of me. Yeah, well, by that time. You're almost um, <clears throat> inciting uh, or instigating an issue. 
Or maybe you only, or then you only maybe do, do that if uh, you realise there is going to be yeah. an issue. If you feel there's a level of threat, and then you can say, "Well, hey, there's a photo of you up online now. You can't delete that from anything here." Uh, whether you can get a photo, if there's a car around, get a photo there. It's a uh, if you maybe you have a <clears throat> a team action plan for you know what you do for safety for safety reasons. If you're at a site and you split up. And someone and someone else or other people turn up. Maybe the yeah, actions look, you regroup. See, the reason I say you know these are risks <clears throat> everywhere. Good example on the way here tonight, we stopped by our local supermarket. Yep. You know, and and there was a, a drunk gentleman there, and <clears throat> you know, a couple of the comments he made, he was almost and and I was actually getting money out of the teller machine outside, and he walked sort of. up, mumbled something to me, and. and came up, you know, within my personal space. Yeah. You know, I think you need to be aware of the situation and how it can progress. Um, and then again, when we went inside, you know, he, he was within my personal space and, and he, you know, mail, mumbled some... He's trying to pick you up. ...abusive comment. No, no, <laughs> he started to get a bit abusive. So, <laughs> you know, I guess it can happen anywhere. That's that's the point I'm trying it, to make. It can. And so whether you, whether you're in a graveyard or, or in a supermarket shopping centre, you know. Do you, know, do you know how many times I've I've never been beaten up once, and the amount of but the amount of times I've been in bad bad situations, there's been a lot. It's through being observant and having a plan of how I'm going to get yeah, out. You've got to be aware. Yeah, definitely. And so if you if you're if you're a team in an investigation at a secluded spot. If you're separated, you have a have a plan. If other people turn up, you regroup first thing. So you, at least you're all together. Yeah. And then it might be then you go back to your vehicles and wait there. If you ascertain people are friendly, well, fine. But if not, you know you're, you're, you've got safety in numbers to whatever extent you can. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> as far as being alone at a location, try not to be alone. That's probably try to take at least one other person always. See, I'm comfortable. Any situation, it's, like, it, it just, it's not so much that you know you're scared of cavitation. It's if you fall over, it could be anything. You know, it could be snake bite. <clears throat> but it's also reading the signs of what's happening around you. Like, guys, so remember when we went to that? I'll just call it that abandoned factory, and we 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 were interviewing one of the people that were living there. Yeah, and it and it, it was going fine. We were talking <clears throat> to this person. We had it, and but then the, the vibe just and. You know, I don't get into a lot of this psychic or empathy type stuff, but you could almost feel the vibe of the location change. And looking around, you could start to see there were very unsavory characters kind of in the shadows, staring at us, wondering what we were doing. Then one would come yeah. out, you'd see him on the phone, then within a couple of minutes, more people would rock up at the location. And that's when we read the signs and said, we're probably not in the best, most safe situation right now. If we get in trouble where we are, no one's going to help us. This was in... Daylight, by the way. And there was not going to be really many ways out. We would have been cornered and we would have been in some trouble. Ever considered that maybe the people made a phone call because we were the unsavoury characters? Very possibly. (laughs) (laughs) But highly unlikely. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, that's the other thing. Look at... if you're wondering why you're getting in trouble at location, look at how you're dressed and how you're acting. What you're doing, it's very seedy what we're doing to the outside world. You know, and people are going to ask questions wondering what the hell you're doing and they don't understand what you're doing and people get afraid of that and they can act on that. Mm. And they can be the nice person so, in the world, but... This comes down to common sense. 
Yeah, it really does. Same as wherever you go, right. wherever, whatever you do, it's common bloody sense. Yeah. So, so just a top tip from everyone, if you're going to go out to a location, whether it's secluded or whether it's in the middle of a busy suburb, whether it's day or night, what's the number one tip for safety? Take for a that? friend. Take a friend. Don't go by yourself. Don't go by yourself. Let someone know where you're going to be. That's two. Oh. You just took... Okay. You know what? You know what? My, my, my idea is better. Take two friends. Take two friends. It's twice, Take a bag as, of, twice as good as Spill's idea. Bag of Mentos. Bag of Mentos. <laughs> but, and do one of my tips is I have a very, very, very bright light, a torch. And if anyone's going to confront me, that in their face is definitely going to disorientate me. Give me a chance to get out of there without having to resort to any... Actually, you, you can get some good, uh, some good torches that actually have a... The strobe feature specifically to dazzle yep. people, which could be a good idea. I, I discourage taking weapons of any sort because all of a sudden it doesn't. The eyes of the law, <coughs> you're doing wrong, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, also anything that you take can be used against you. So uh, yeah, just use common sense. Don't go alone. Let people know where you're going. Simple as that. Pretty, I don't know how we got on safety tips for the paranormal investigator, but we did with that. Take protection. We actually had some other things to talk about. We can save them for next time. We've actually talked for quite a long amount of time for this episode. I think we've yep. got an hour for anyway. And I, look, we, we had an idea for this episode. And we kind of just went along a fairly dark path of all the trials and tribulations and dangers of a ghost under what to watch out for and what you probably shouldn't be doing. If you agree with what we said, if you disagree, we'd love to hear that, of course. Also, spills with a pile of Mentos wrappers in front of him. I'm going to count them right now. All right, he's going to count them quietly and we're going to write it up. Now, like I said, if you want to join our Mentos competition and be in the chance to win a Mentos of your very own from the boardroom where we record the Paranormal Guide podcast, no less. Just leave us a decent comment about the show. Join in the discussion. And, and then at the end of that, just post how many Mentos you think spills eight. Do you want me to say? This, no, absolutely okay. not. <laughs> and more. we can only accept that entry if you post it on theparanormalguide.com slash podcast and post it on podcast seven as a comment. I'm not chasing it down all the different groups. Just, just for a hint though, it, it wasn't as many as 40 this time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happened last time. Well, mate, well maybe, maybe what's can... happening this time? I'm... Are you feeling crook? I am. I've got a bit of a cold. <laughs> Man flu. Man flu. Terrible stuff. Anyone want to add anything before we sign off for the show? No. No. I'm kind of sorry this was a very dark show. Look, if you guys find any newspaper articles... Newspaper? Why do I keep saying newspaper? It basically doesn't exist. If you find any uh, news articles that you want us to, dis- to discuss, especially something a bit more lighter would be nice for a change, send them into us. Is it paranormal? How much light stuff is there in this, really? Well, I know some... I actually enjoy nice this line of dark topic tonight. It is nice, but someone might want to... Hear what this is, this, is, this is what they need to listen to. If you want to be a paranormal investigator, you need to understand some of the risks around things. You need to understand some of the strategies of how to you know, manage some of these issues rather than just jump in blindly. So I think you're incorrect, Ash. <laughs> I think this was a, a very informational episode. I think it is of great, great value. For even, for even the most... 
wouldn't say seasoned investigator. For the most amateur investigator, perhaps. Oh, oh, there you go. As long as it was entertaining. Did, are you guys enjoying the direction of podcasts are taking? <coughs> discussing news articles and discussing the issues they bring up? Let us know. If you prefer us to go back to answering mundane questions, which I didn't think was as interesting. Let us know. If you can think of something else you would rather us be doing, let us know. If we get an interesting enough question, I think we could still yeah, tackle absolutely. it. absolutely. But it has to be really good. And you know what? It's going to be the three of us that vote as to whether we answer a question. There you go. This is a democracy. And if you get your question rejected, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. Sorry? Momentos for you. <laughs> you sound like down here, too. Oh, shame, shame, shame. Anyway. Okay, now we're going to be sued. next time. Later, dudes. See ya. I'll say it again. Um, Later, dudes. Yeah, fuck it. Later. (laughs) (laughs)